Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the weekly show of Classroom Without Walls, episode 122. And on this show, I interview leading professionals, entrepreneurs, business owners, content creators to come here and share with us their best strategies, tactics, tips, so that you and I, all of us, we can future-proof our business. And today we are really talking about something that is related to the future. Uh, we are talking about voice search, voice strategy, and how you can tap into the growing popularity of people doing voice search to integrate that into your business to make more money, to get more customers, and so on and so forth. So I'm really excited and for today's episode, and we have the best guest of honors uh, to talk about this, uh, my dear friend, Scott uh, and Susan uh, Westwater, and uh, to come here and talk about voice strategy and how you can leverage voice to grow your business to a new level. And those of you who don't know who is Susan, who is Scott, they are both uh, co-founders of Pragmag Pragmatic Digital, and they are seasoned professionals with a combination of four decades. Is that right? That's four right. Yeah. Experience <laughs> in uh, in marketing, business, technology, content strategy, and so much more. And they are also bo -bo -bo -bo, <laughs> authors of this amazing book that I really enjoyed reading voice strategy and many of the questions that we are going to discuss today uh, are actually based on this super easy to read digest and apply amazing book and uh, so everyone we are in for a treat and you are going to walk away from today's live interview with a much better understanding of voice search what is it about and why this matters and a proven four-step process that you can apply voice strategy into your business to make more money to create happier customers so i'm really excited and uh, welcome to the show my dear friends thank you so much for having us thank you oh my truly my honor and as i mentioned you know today is episode 122 and you two are actually the first people on the show talking about voice search voice strategy so i'm really excited and i can't wait to learn more about this anything you want to add i did a very short introduction so anything you want to add to my uh, very brief introduction um I, the only thing i would add is we are co-founders and we are a husband and wife team so yeah. one of the funny things is every time people figure that out or find that out they go What's it like working with your spouse? Like, how do you do it? I, I could never do it, you know, things like that. And quite honestly, we have offices on different floors of the house. So that actually helps out a lot. Um, but it's actually great because her background is on in the content strategy and, you know, more traditional marketing strategy side. I come from user experience and some of the visual uh, design side of things. So we actually complement each other really well. And when this whole voice thing came up a few years back, we started looking into it and we're like, ah, oh, this is a really interesting emerging field. And as we've gotten deeper into it, we've seen the massive, massive, massive potential that it has. Yeah. And the really exciting thing about voice is it isn't just going to make your customer experience better because of voice. It actually has the potential to make all your channels better because it really does make you think through all of your content. Um, and you can shore that up. And it's a good excuse to do a little bit of traditional shoring up of, you know, your audiences and things like that, that way then you can make kind of everything better, which is really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining us live from all over the globe. I am so happy to see yeah. uh, many of you, Liz, Vicky, and uh, of course, Peter. Peter is in the comment yeah. section. And uh, so thank you so much. And Alice, so great to see you all. And I love this comment from uh, Vicky, you know, like me and my husband, I don't see us <laughs> working together on different floors. I love that, really interesting. So talking about voice search, both of you are kind of pioneers, early adopters of voice search. So share with us. So since when did you start to pay attention to voice strategy and what inspired you 
to pay attention to this. It actually goes back to the fall of 2017. Gary Vaynerchuk was talking a lot about voice and how it was the next big thing and how Amazon had the potential to kill Google. And when you hear things like that, especially from Gary, um, it, it's wise to at least pay attention and see what's going on. And so my background was always on the strategy side, um, trying to figure out emerging technology. So I've lived through the mobile revolution. I've lived through social and really, really in the, my career, it was the web. And so I've seen this transformation happen time and time again. And so when Gary started talking about it, I started paying attention, looking at the numbers and literally saw a pattern that repeated exactly like what I saw with the web and with mobile and in social. So it really went back a couple of years and then we just immersed ourselves in it, taking our experience from marketing and all the other stuff that we've done. And I've really started to apply that thinking to this new channel and this new platform. Yep. And for me, it was a little different because I'm not quite as, uh, I wasn't quite as sold on Gary at the time. Um, but for me, I, I actually, tr true story, I'm a few credits short of being a medievalist um, and getting my medievalist certificate. And one of the things as I was doing my studies um, that through that time was understanding how word of mouth, how spoken word, all of those things back into those medieval times are how people communicated and how information wow. happened. And it wasn't until movable type that then we started to see sort of the, the, the stratification and the casts that happened. And you saw that potential of how, um, you know, and then the world changed again when we moved from Latin to open vernacular and common languages we today. And you don't really think about that, but seeing how everything that is old becomes new again and seeing how that there is an opportunity with voice to be able to reach even more people and underserved populations in their language or how they speak, it's really exciting and understanding that that was something that resonated hundreds of years ago to see that come back through. Um, I just think made storytelling and being able to make a real connection with your customers or with any audience just ratcheted that up even further for me. Wow, this is so interesting. I really can't wait to learn more about the specific strategies. You know, before we went live, we were talking about like at least in our house and our children every day is like Siri this, Siri that. And share with us like what technologies you guys have, <laughs> which is next level listen to. <laughs> Um, so I think we have six or seven Amazon Alexas. Um, we do have two of the screened uh, versions, actually three of the screen versions, yep. and then some of the hockey pucks. Uh, we have seven Google uh, Nest um, Nest devices, minis, yeah. minis um, and one of the screen devices. And then we also have an Apple HomePod. So I, I would say we're probably north of 20 smart speakers yeah. in this house. Forget we also have an Alexa Auto. Oh yeah, and we have an Alexa Auto. And then obviously we have Siri on our yep. smartphone. So, um, and it's really, you know, kind of eating our own dog food. And we're like, if we're going mm -hmm. to, you know, right. basically build a business around it, we need to figure out where the rough edges are, yep. what they can do, what they can't do, and really just immerse ourselves in it. So that's really, that was one of the early things that we did to really start learning how these platforms operated. Yeah, and I, I have to admit too that our family members, like both of our moms have, a multiple Alexa and Google devices, as well as uh, voice enabled um, smart home things with their, their lights and such as that, yeah. only because they live with us and they deal with us. And then we start to kind of push it on and want to see how they're interacting with it as well. So that's very interesting. That's very interesting. You know, you guys are both very influential, clearly. So outside of your immediate family, I'm curious, right? We, we hear a lot, you know, voice search is becoming more and more popular. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you have some numbers can share with us, like how popular is this? Uh, why we need to pay attention to this? Like how many customers are actually making purchases through a voice search? So the stat from last year, it's estimated it was 250 billion searches in the US were conducted via voice. Now that could wow. be on your smartphone, it could be on your computer, it could be on a smart speaker, so it's not, you know, relegated to one platform. Um, but when you look at that, that's about 13 to 15% of all the searches that were occurred last year were voice. And we've got stats that talk about, you know, 25% Windows 10 mm -hmm. searches are voice. Um, you know, and there's just all kinds of numbers specifically like that. But really the important thing to understand is this isn't a coming attraction. This is literally here right now. Mm -hmm. I was talking to someone three-ish weeks ago and uh, he has a client who's a pest control company in Florida. And they enabled Google My Business and they did something with the voice search and they went from 35 calls a week to 750 calls a week. 
And so just by enabling that, even as a small business, they were having people directly contact them and they were able to reverse engineer and figure out where the traffic came from. And the original query was actually asking Google Assistant for uh, an exterminator. Yeah, I mean, as of um, when we talk about voice search, we we talk about Amazon Alexa and Google. Um, The numbers that came out just recently, there's 90 million of those devices in home. So that's the number there. And then when you add the fact that your Google Assistant and your Amazon Alexa um, all work off your cell phone, that makes it even bigger. Your smartphone, you can be able to work that way. So those numbers just get exponential. Wow, this uh, wow, powerful numbers. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So uh, I see this question from Vicky. And again, thank you for joining us live. And so that's kind of also one of my questions, you know, for those of us who are kind of interested in getting started, mm-hmm. you know, learning more from the business angle. So where should we, we even get started? You know, what are some of the basics that we have to take care of before we dive into the strategies? I think the the most obvious place to start is with your web content. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing to know is voice search naturally is a longer phrase. So it's a long tail search query versus what would, cons- would traditionally be keywords. So the biggest thing you can do is start looking at how you can optimize your web content um, for long tail search. Yep. And ideally, if you can get in the knowledge graph or the answer box or whatever we want to call it, that's where these smart speakers are really looking for this information. Um, on Google, Google obviously is their platform, but on Alexa, one one thing that most people don't know is they're actually using Bing search. And so you have to start looking at both Bing and Google um, when you start considering kind of this larger world of voice search that goes well beyond just the uh, smartphone. That's interesting. Like speaking of which, you know, I know when I am actually doing research, search online, so why use the traditional Google and I would just enter like a keyword, right? Like mm-hmm. for example, I'm like cat food or dog food or like, you know, but when you are using voice, we yep. tend to say things in like complete sentences, yep. right? So how is that going to affect like our content creation? I mean, can we craft content in a way that can be appealing to the people who are still using the traditional keyword search and those who are using their voices. So what do you think? Yeah, I I certainly think there's a way to do it. And actually your guest from last week, Neil Patel, um, I think it was about a year ago or so, he actually said that only a third of all websites on the internet are actually optimized for long tail search. So right there, it tells you that that's a huge opportunity just in and of itself, because your competitors are probably still doing keyword focused research Mm -hmm. and strategies based on their keywords. So it's really looking at what you can uniquely own. Um, Cause you're right, when you ask questions, like when you know we talk, you have a lot more context, it's a lot richer, um, which is also why I think Google's added that BERT technology so they can actually get some of that contextual information and give you better results based on the nuance that you actually have in your question. I think what's happened on the Google side is it's all pointing us to this larger world a year or two down the road mm-hmm. where a lot more people are going to be doing voice search and Google. I mean, they obviously know behavior patterns. They see what people are doing. And so they're planning accordingly. But yeah, I think there's a, a really good way to start to look at how you can rank for longer tail yep. phrases wow. um, that are ownable because, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, branded content or unbranded content, there's just not a lot of that being done right now. So that's really kind of the first step in actually establishing kind of that beachhead when it comes to voice search. Yeah, I mean, what's really good to know is that also if you're designing with accessibility standards in mind, then you're also starting to also address for voice search. Um, Very similar to how when people talk about SEO and that Google is the ultimate screen reader, the way that it sees your site and the algorithms, very similar when you come to voice search. So it's where you look into the featured snippets and pieces like that. So it's very important to kind of think through it that way. Um, and then think about it as you want to own your answer. Like you don't want to own a keyword, you want to own your answer. So think of it from what are the ways that I'm going, what is this answer? How would someone get to this answer? And then um, experiment from that direction. I feel so powerful. I feel like that should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> Not just like a keyword. That is so powerful. It is a different way to think about, you know, creating content. And I love this. 
That is so powerful. Yeah. So thanks for sharing. And here, I think uh, Peter told me there's a question. OK, so here, uh, Alice, and she actually asked, and kind of that's kind of one of my questions you know, to get started. Like, why would someone choose voice search over the traditional you know, typing? What are some advantages of using voice search? So there's a lot of compelling reasons that make voice make a lot of sense. One is you're multitasking. Um, second, you know, we were even talking in the pre-show. You're you're in the house. You're not near a keyboard. You're not. You don't want to pull your phone out, and so you ask the device, or you know, you, you ask your watch, or what have you. Um, you just it's easier to just say it and and, and go through and get specific. Um, that's the other side of if I'm typing, I want to be efficient. Did I lose that? No, no, we're back. back. We oh, yeah. It just timed oh, out for a second. Yeah, okay. I said, did I lose my Wi-Fi? Huh. Yeah, oh, no. um, but yeah, so it's it's really, you know, humans are able to speak way faster than they can type. It's significant how much of a mm -hmm. difference. So from an efficiency standpoint, voice is actually better for input. And quite honestly, that's how we wrote our book. We dictated it. So rather than sitting down and like typing it all out, we literally did this kind of a setup with our yep. headphones on and talked it out and actually spoke the book into existence. So it's a really great way, especially if you're trying to be more conversational with your content to actually mm -hmm. do that and then let the technology transcribe it for you. But yeah, it's it's a lot more efficient. There's obviously um, implications in healthcare or driving where you can't necessarily take your eyes off of what you're doing. Um, if you're you know performing surgery, you don't want to like look over and like, or you know type on a keyboard. So you want to be able to quickly ask the question, get the information you need, and then go on with your day. So a lot of what we're seeing right now from a behavior standpoint is quick hits, getting the answer, and then moving on to the next step or moving on with their day completely. So behaviorally, it is shifting how people interact with devices. Yep. And the other thing is, this is the first time in human history where the computers actually have to bend to our will. Like they're actually designed to listen and actually understand what we're saying and then do it versus us knowing, yep. oh, you have to click on this and do this and this. So it's actually the way the platforms work. It's actually designed to actually be very human centric. Yeah, we, we so it's like a power shift, right? Power yeah. Shift. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. And so here's a question from Peter. He asked, uh, "Which platform do you think will be the dominant voice platform, and uh, or will they are still maintain on their own courses?" So it depends on what part of the world you're in. Yep. Um, there's parts of the world that are definitely more Google leaning and Google's, you know, like Australia specifically. Mm -hmm. um, Google is like the leader in adoption there. Um, in the United States, it's Amazon. Um, the, the gap is closing, but Amazon had the early lead. Um, Google is making inroads. Yep. And there's also like this whole other world um, we're ambassadors for a group called the Open Voice Network. And our mission is actually create effectively what is the web in the voice space. And so creating open standards where it's not gonna necessarily just be the speaker platforms that exist or even the smartphone platforms that exist, but creating open standards so multiple platforms can spring up and you'll be able to use it just like going to a website. Yeah. So that's kind of longer term, you know, what we kind of see this evolving into. And voice will be how we interact with the device, but there might be a screen, there might not be a screen. Um, there's a whole host of things that go into it, but I mean, effectively, it's going to be us talking to the computers and then it giving us, you know, feedback. Yeah, and and it's interesting because you can tell the difference. Um, if I were a betting person, I would say that Amazon is definitely going to be the one that's going to be the product focused mm -hmm. platform, um, and then Google Google just knows how to handle content because Google's been doing it for a very long time, yep. mm -hmm. um, and so you see that content curation even um, as we went through the COVID crisis is how all those platforms handled it. And then of course, then there's Apple. And we don't know what Apple's up to, but they keep making acquisitions. So um, we've heard rumors that they're rebuilding Siri from the ground up and that's why they've been quiet. Um, there are times where we see a little bit of their strategy with when the, you know they acquired Pullstring. Um, they, I think they just acquired another NLU group, yep, yep. Um, natural language understanding. So the, the artificial intelligence that helps with the processing. So all of that. So. I think that they're, we, I don't know if they're a sleeping giant, but we, um, as um, some of the folks we know at Apple said, you know, we never claim to be the first, we just claim to be the best. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens. But in the meantime, we have a lot to work with now. Yep. So that's kind of the exciting thing too. I mean, um, 
in reality, you know, we're talking about the platforms, but there are voice-enabled faucets, voice-enabled appliances, um, all a whole host of things that um, you've at first thought, should that be voice-enabled? And then you're like, well, that does make life a lot easier if your hands are full and you say, um, you know, give me 120 degree water, I need one cup and it can do those things. So that's kind of an interesting whole other application that then starts to kind of just run away with you. But it's always good to start with the platforms and mm -hmm. then move from there. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is so interesting. I'm, I'm sure everyone in the audience is like, this is amazing. Teach us how we can apply this, right? So most people join us live right now. We are kind of content creators, small business, mm -hmm. like in marketing, I work in education. So give us like some examples. How can we apply this? I know that you also talked about, uh, you know, we all know personal branding. I think you, you mentioned this term voice branding. Is that right? Voice branding. Audio branding. Audio branding. Yes. Audio branding. I was like, wow, that is so interesting. What is that? What is audio branding? So audio branding is basically, if you think about how much time and energy is spent into logos and visual guidelines, when we now are looking at a world where you're going to be talking to brands, um, you're going to be having an opportunity to get the answers back from that brand or have that conversation, you have to start thinking about what that is. So um, one of our really close partners from CZM Son over in Paris, they are an audio branding agency and they simply say, it is how your brand sounds to the world. And their question always is, is if you were to close your eyes, would someone be able to know your brand? Um, which is really a distinctive way of thinking about it. Um, and, and it's important because if you think about, if it's um, one of these speakers is, you know, reporting it back, do you want Alexa to be saying your brand when you have an opportunity to convey your brand values or to convey what you're about in your own tones? I mean, music is important and you think about all of those, those ways that you can impact and create your personality. This is another opportunity for that. Yeah. And for like small businesses, like one of the things that happens and we're certainly um, experiencing it ourselves, like you're constantly answering the same questions. There's a lot of inbound traffic. Yeah. And so what we've actually done is we've actually created an Alexa skill and a Google action to answer some of the common questions about voice and voice strategy and what yeah. voice searches and things like that. So you can actually use this technology, which is effectively automation to start to pre-qualify leads or at least answer some of the questions. So it frees you up to have better conversations with more qualified folks. And so that's one of the things that I think a lot of people can take advantage of. And the great thing is, if you've got a microphone or even if you have your phone, there's platforms that allow you to use those uh, devices to record your voice. So not only are they getting your content, but it's actually in your voice and they're hearing your voice. And it's almost like they're having a real conversation with you. And so, you know, as kind of smaller businesses, um, teachers, like really any anyone that has that problem, and this goes all the way up to multi-billion dollar corporations, we know that you know 10 to 20% of the questions that you field are probably the same questions over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity to automate some of that stuff so you can focus on other things that you don't require your time. And when you think about um, your whole customer journey and the awareness and consideration phase, there's a lot of education that you can do that is valuable time. I mean, that's valuable to that person um, and to your audience that you can do in your own voice, but perhaps it's not as one-on-one, -on -one, but it feels one-on-one -on -one because you're able to convey wealth of meaning because it's your voice. It isn't them reading off of a Wikipedia page, um, which is something we should also, I, I feel like we, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, one of the things about voice search and where voice search really, where the rubber hits the road is, so when we talk about the searching of content, um, when you're Alexa, it originally ask you ask it a question, it'll first look within itself in its own database. Mm -hmm. And then it goes out to almost like the the, re, the rings of a tree. It goes out to the what we call the voice web. And then it looks to see if there's any audio or voice content that can answer those questions within a skill. Um, Google's a little different because it'll look into FAQs and podcasts. Then if there is nothing, and that's sometimes when you hear a Siri say, I couldn't find anything. Here's what I found on the web. That's when there's nothing that's um, before that that's audio. So I'm just going to read something to you from a Wikipedia page. And that's the default. So the interesting thing about that is um, there's always going to be an answer. So that's why it's Wikipedia. It's not a malicious, you know, down with your, your brand and we're going to make it all Wikipedia. It's they want they you know, Amazon and Google want to make sure there's an answer. So yeah. if you don't have one, they're going to provide one from there and it'll be again, your Wikipedia page. But when you think about all the effort you've put into personal branding, 
the last place you want to go is a Wikipedia page to talk about. And um, we have an example where if you ask, you know, one of these devices about Coca-Cola, it starts mm -hmm. with the Wikipedia page. Um, that's, you know, a, that's a lost opportunity yep. um, that we have. So that's where then you can use that voice opportunity, that voice web, number one, to start to claim and stake your claim. But then also, if your answer comes up before the number one mm. in the voice web, then it's never going to go to the web web. So that's your way of also then it's kind of like knowing about SEO before SEO was a thing yeah. um, and being able to get up front and kind of get to that ocean front property. Yeah. So that middle ring is really your opportunity as a small business, as an entrepreneur, as a brand to really stake your claim and answer a lot of the questions around, you know, your industry or your products. And what happens with voice search is there's one question and one answer. So we're not no longer, at least on the speakers, we're no longer getting a page of 10 blue links to click on. It's literally, here's what I found, here's the answer. So what you're doing is you're training Alexa to say, I have the credible source of information. People are coming back to it, we're refreshing it and some other host or ranking factors. But effectively what you're doing is or training Alexa to know, if someone asks this question, this is the answer. And then basically you're blocking the competition. They're not able to rank. There's no paid search right now yep. um, on the Alexa platform mm -hmm. or even on the Google voice mm -hmm. platform. And so there, there's a big opportunity for some pretty major shifts to happen if you were to invest now. Wow, this is so cool. I love this. You know, it definitely feels more personal. Mm -hmm. I know you guys talk about this in the book. And many of our friends, you know, Mark Schaefer talking about, you know, marketing like this human-centered approach. Mm -hmm. So I cannot imagine. So if I do a search on my phone, what is voice search? Will I hear uh, Susan's voice and Scott's voice or not there yet? Not, not there not, yet, not but there we're, yet. we're certainly working on it. So we do have a, uh, a Google Action and an Alexa skill. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a way to launch it, just like you would open a regular app on your phone. And then you can actually ask the questions. Over yeah. time, as we update it and as more people use it, Alexa specifically will go, oh, that's a credible answer. I'll give that answer next time someone asks that. Mm -hmm. So you're effectively you know, being that answer, that go-to, which when you think about it from a content standpoint, that's incredibly powerful. Like, oh you God. become the default answer and there's no one else that can, mm -hmm. can outrank you. Yeah, exactly. And oftentimes, you know, after I hear a response and answer, I don't feel I never do this like go to the Google search, actually do another search to back up if this answer is right or not. I just listen and I move mm -hmm. on. Yeah. So interesting, do you see that, you know, how the traditional search, there is that very intense competition, right? People are trying to show up on the first page on Google. So with a voice search, do you see a similar level of competition if we want to embrace this? I'm really interested in doing more of this when people ask, hey, what are some problems in education? I want my answers to show up, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so there's no competition right now because there's no paid opportunities. Um, there are businesses like Tide actually has a skill. Mm -hmm. And this is really brilliant on that team's part. They answer 200 different questions about removing stains. So they're not selling product. They're literally telling you how to remove stains out of your clothing. Um, through that, they actually figured out that a lot of people were interested in removing stains from their sneakers. And so it actually became an R&D uh, tool where they didn't have a product for it, but they actually got that insight. That's like, you know, probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of research that they're able to conduct just by having this, ex this experience sitting out there that their audience can engage with. Mm -hmm. um, and the cool thing is over time, if they decide, oh, well, we're going to go direct to consumer and we want to sell tie direct. I could, once I answer a question, go, hey, do you want a coupon for $2 off? You know, just say yes and I'll ship it to you. Like that's kind of the opportunity. And so right now we're not there from a e-commerce or voice commerce perspective, but it's predicted by 2023, that's gonna be $80 billion worth of voice commerce happening. Wow. And so it's literally gonna blow up in the next two years. And so we usually counsel our clients to let's start small, let's learn what your audience is looking yep. for. Let's be super helpful, You know, really kind of doing what we should be doing in 2020 marketing. Um, and then as we start to, you know, optimize, then let's start adding some of those features and then let's start, you know, pushing them down the path to purchase or whatever the strategy or whatever the goal is, you know, let's, once we've got that trust, once we have them using it and they're liking it, quite frankly, then let's actually start doing some more advanced level stuff. Yeah. It's, it's important to note too, that 
um, you can think of all the questions in your mind that you think your your audience is going to ask. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is it's not going to get served up unless they ask for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, the days of monologues about your brand or brand manifestos being read for, you know, those are kind of going away because do you, does anyone really like to listen to that stuff? I mean, unless you're the yeah. one writing it. I, I'm, I love reading my own, but never ever, you know. But the reality is um, it's all pull. And But then on the flip side, you're thinking, oh, that's a risk. But then um, in this day and age of where disruptive advertising is definitely out of vogue, no one wants to be disrupted. This is a situation where people are asking your brand to come in because you're saying, I want to know more or tell me about this or, 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 or those pieces. Um, you know, tell me about your product and they actually are asking it. So they're actually inviting you into their home, which is something mm -hmm. that, you know, that is the golden, I mean, that's always been, right. you know, the golden fleece that we've all looked for. And here's an opportunity to get that. Um, the other thing I think that needs to be important is we're talking a lot about search and being discovered. If you're taking the time to create a skill or an action or, um, or an experience, then you know a lot about this audience because you've taken the time to learn about their needs let them know it exists. Um, and then you don't necessarily have to be as beholden to being found in a skill store or an action store. Let, you know, in, integrate it into your marketing communications and channels because it isn't a silo, it's part of your brand. Right. Um, and you have to embrace it as your ecosystem. So that way then they know it's there and then they know to use it. And then you start to get that information of, hey, as they're using it, they're doing this. So they're asking for that that starts to give you even even more, you know, even better intel than you've ever had because it's coming straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Wow, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. So uh, earlier you mentioned, you know, Google Actions. And uh, so this is something yes. that I don't know much about. So sure. can you explain to us? So on the Alexa side, they're called skills. On the Google side, they're called actions. And it's just really a fancy name for an app. Yep. So conceptually think of them very similar to what you would see on iOS or Android with the apps and the app stores. Um, Samsung actually has a platform called Bixby that's out and on theirs, they call them capsules. So effectively what they are is self-contained applications that you could have either um, voice actor uh, content in it. So audio content, or you can actually be using the Alexa text to speech feature. Um, and there's some, I think there's like 17 or so different, what they call poly voices. So you can change mm -hmm. it to like, you know, the news broadcaster, for instance, and you can, you know, affect some of how Alexa's feeding that information back. Mm -hmm. But really that's what we're talking about when it comes to actions. Now, the cool thing about the action is if the developer knows how to do this, they can generate a link for the action. And that link can be put in a Facebook ad. It could be put into an wow. email. And if someone clicks on it on their phone, it actually pulls up Google Assistant and launches right into your experience. And so it's it, you don't have to worry about them knowing how to launch it or any of that mm -hmm. stuff. It's literally just click on the link and it goes. So when you think about Facebook ads, um, it's a great way to find people that are on Android, target those people specifically, and then get them directly into your experience. Wow, I like I have so much homework that I need to do. This is incredible. The other thing too to know is that um, you know we talk about we're not developers. Neither one of us has an information science degree or IT. So, um, you know, the question is then how do I get my action? How do I get this? There are platforms out there um, that exist that do some of that heavy lifting for you from a development perspective. And it is really all about the content because without content, there is no experience that they have nothing to ask for. There's, there's, there's no, you know, there's no exchange. So it comes down to then um, giving you the freedom to be able to work with these providers who are able to make it come to life. And then you're able to then focus on what content do I have or what problems have I been solving? Now, how do I do that with voice? Because that there's an art to that as well. I mean, from a conversation design and strategy perspective, um, there's a lot of lifting that goes into that. But there are platforms that exist um, and Google and um, Alexa both have uh, partners who you can use, but there are them, some that also work cross so that you don't have to worry about, is this Alexa or which one do I choose? It, it, you know, we recommend usually just do both. Mm. Why? Well, I, I think, you know, after today's interview, we are just going to work on our website to redesign, <laughs> make it more optimized for voice. So speaking of which, and here's a, a question, I think Peter already answered the question, mm -hmm. but I wonder if you also want to share your perspective. So if there is a way to add a voice feature to website, 
where customers can leave their uh, questions. I think someone also earlier mentioned a voice version of like Q and A. I, mm-hmm. I yeah, frequently asked questions. So do you recommend that or if there is a way? So there is a way to add, um, solicit feedback from your audience directly on your website through voice. Um, one of our partners is a company called Witlingo out of Washington, DC. And they actually have as part of their platform, a widget that you can embed into your website. Mm-hmm. And so someone can actually leave a comment effectively in their voice. And then you have that audio file that you can use either in a flash briefing, which is like a mini podcast effectively on the Amazon platform, or you can use it in podcasts or wherever else. So that would be kind of one thing there. Wow. Um, yeah, and there, there's just, there's so much innovation that's happening yeah. within the voice community. Um, it's It's kind of, mind-blowing to see that really we got involved two and a half three years ago and the amount of companies that are creating platforms and mature platforms um outside of google and amazon it's it's just astounding how quickly this stuff is really starting to spring up um incredible i i think in one of your podcast interviews you mentioned there's actually a summit called Mm -hmm. voice summit when i Mm -hmm. heard that like oh my god i can't believe there's actually an entire summit designated to voice search, voice strategy. That is pretty cool. Shows me there's a huge market for that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's actually, so next Tuesday um, on the 9th, I believe it is, yes. it's a 24 hour global event and it's streaming lot or it's streaming for free. Yeah. Um, so if you go to voice summit, I think it's voice summit.ai, you can actually register for that. Um, yeah. But it's 24 hours and it's all the people from all around the world talking about strategy, talking about content, talking about ethics, talking about development. It's literally like Mm -hmm. a a massive summit and there's a global cast of characters that it's presenting. We actually have a talk um, that's going to be happening. So yeah. And that, yep. (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. And then also um, Modem and Google actually have um, another program that they put on called Google Talks. Um, They just recently had one that had an all female group, which is one of the more exciting things about uh, voice, I feel, is that there is a strong push towards um, diversity and inclusivity. And um, but they have talks where they're talking through different topics and aspects, and it does have a bit of a roundtable because voice is still emerging in some regards. Um, there's been a lot of effort towards unifying all of us from around the globe to get together and then put that information out. So when someone was asking about how do I learn more about voice search? There's a um, there's some really great things. Um, there's a woman named Catherine Walter Ong, and she has written a lot of um, pieces about some best practices. Um, and she's really, really, really smart about all of those those um, the technical aspect of it. Um, but those are the types of things that are, that come out there. But there is no one book, and that's actually part of the reason why we wrote our book is because people had said to us, you know what? Um, there's a lot of books about conversation design. There's a lot of books about chatbots, but there's nothing about how to like strategize and figure out that you're creating the right experience in the first place. Right. So that was, that was why we, we created the book. Wow, this is just so incredible. I'm learning so much. And Alice, she said that she's going to register. Oh, for uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to check it out. So it's a whole day thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And you can see a schedule. Um, there will be, there's verticals and there's also then just general tracks as well. Um, so there's there's quite a few. I think there's like over a hundred different speakers, so you can see through. And I believe everything will be recorded for access afterwards as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. Everyone, this is like I feel the same way. You know, like a kid, you know, candy shop. <laughs> it's so fascinating. I don't even know anything. So much to learn. So actually, this is one of my questions. So Vicky, she asked, you know, is this going to be like double the amount of work? Like you know, adding a voice feature. And I assume, right, like it is really fascinating to hear what you mentioned earlier, how people can use that tool and to add a voice comment mm-hmm. to a blog article. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's it's really interesting. So like in terms of workload, do you, do you see this as doubling our workload or like, or not? It really depends. So yeah. it can, if you want to create native um, skills and actions for the different platforms. Um, and that's really, if you want to take full advantage of all the features and you want to do location-based stuff and some of those other things. But at, at a basic level, if you're just creating content, most, much like you would do for a blog or a website, there are effectively voice CMSs that exist where you could literally put it into their platform and then they publish it to Alexa and to Google for you. And there's even you know talks of you know down the road as platforms get added, being able to add content to those as well. 
So from a individual or a smaller business, I think those platforms are probably going to be the better places yep. to play unless you have a very specific reason, much like the early days of mobile, where unless you had a specific reason to design for iOS and Android separately, there may be solutions to actually push it out to both. Um, yeah. And from a content perspective, there are some efficiencies that you have. Yeah. So um, while we do talk about the extra work, um, what we have found is we do a lot of things where we're working with a marketing team and saying, how have you been solving this problem before? What are your customer service scripts? How are you talking about this on the web? Because the reality is, is that in a voice experience, it shouldn't go off-roading and not be wow. consistent with however you're handling it elsewhere. So a lot of times we'll borrow from there as our starting point and then turn that into more of that conversation or and, you know make sure that it reflects because everything does have to, regardless of how amazing your audio brand is, it's got to ladder back to your core brand. So there is some work there that you are able to, to almost repurpose. Like if you've done your work of doing your top task exercises of understanding what your customer needs are, you can use that to inform your voice skill. If you have done um, the work of figuring out your messaging and how that helps guide someone from awareness to consideration, to purchase, to retention, you can again look at those tasks and say, okay, these are some of the things I can leverage. And then you ask yourself, is voice going to make it easier? The thing to know is voice isn't always going to make things easier. I would love to tell you like everything will be solved. Just do voice skills and life is magic. perfect. Yeah, right, it's just magic. Right. It's the silver bullet. It's not. Um, but it's well, those places where you can provide value of where would this go faster if I'm able to. Um, Domino's started out, hey, it would be great to be able to order a pizza. They found out that reordering was the way to go at first because it was actually harder with their first um, iteration to order a pizza, a, a fresh pizza like that you'd never ordered before using the voice app than it was to just go visually look through and click like, I want half this, whatever. They've been since then, and this is the other important part of a voice experience, you continue to refine. Now it, it is faster. They've figured out the ways of how those flows and those interactions happen. And that's the important thing too. Of um, it is, It's not so much as double work and creating, it's the double work happens quite honestly, in the optimization and, and analysis of mm -hmm. how are people using this? What are, what are they asking for yet? Um, what are those things? We're constantly even learning on ours. And that's that's the thing that helps make it an exciting thing. I mean, we've seen people who at launch are at one level, like 30% conversion. Three months later, they're at 60% because of the optimization and refinements. So that's something to keep in mind yep. as well, is that it's you're not just committing to launch and then walk away. It's launch and then kind of almost doing a little bit all over again of how do I refine? How do I keep continuing to evolve this? Right, the iteration, oh, I love this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's a like uh, interesting and the great question from uh, Lance uh, joining us live from mm -hmm. Australia. So uh, actually I have this question in my mind as I was Absolutely. questions. So how about those people who come here and uh, like how do they benefit from the voice feature? So there's a couple of things that I've gone with. And actually that was one of my first questions three years ago, Lance, is when uh, the first time I met Davis Bitsky, I said, you know, 25% of Americans have some sort of hearing impairment. Right. How's this gonna work? Um, and that is where then the initial steps towards that, and this is where, again, the evolving is initially it was the Echo Show. And the Echo Show provides um, visuals and it will even provide text that come along with those answers to help guide. Um, there also are, is technology now that where um, One last thing. Okay. Yep. Yeah, there We're we back. are. You're back. Oh my God. Okay, good, good, good. Oh, uh, oh good. Heart attack. Yeah. Oh, no, no, good. So Alexa has that ability, the echo show of um, being able to show and say, what am I holding? That same camera recognition, some folks have started to be able to recognize um, American Sign Language. Yeah. So there are ways that they are now starting to be able to make sure that it does address all, you know, all abilities, not just, um, and is able to address for that 25%. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah. So this out uh, here is uh, one question I almost missed. And this shows, you know, how much we don't know how much we need oh, to. That's work. all right. That's, that's why we're here. Yeah. So what are the average costs for a business to invest in voice? That's a great question. And how about for people like us, you know, yeah, entrepreneur. I am a small business entrepreneur. So like, is this something that we can even afford? 
It, it really depends on what solution you're looking for. I mean, there's solutions that exist for a few hundred dollars a month. Um, certainly custom development's gonna be way more than that, but there are opportunities at all levels. So it's not one of those things that only the big players can afford to do. Yep. It's just a matter of knowing what you're trying to achieve. So really what we do when we, we talk to anyone is try to figure out what they're trying to do with voice and what makes the most sense. And then based on that, we'll say, all right, well, there's a software platform that we partner with. Let's use their platform and it'll cost you, you know, $2,800 for the year or whatever. Um, so there's, there's opportunities out there. And as we go on, there's more platforms that are springing up. There's also the ability on the Alexa side to mm -hmm. uh, build what they call an Alexa blueprints, which is almost like a Mad Libs thing where you're just kind of filling out information and you're effectively building your own skill. So it really depends on how much you time you want to invest to learn um, versus if you just want to record audio content and push it to a platform to you know get it on these platforms. And then ultimately, if you want to do something that's more custom. Interesting. So do you see that like in the future or maybe in the near future that voice search will be the primary search method as opposed to right now it's probably secondary. So do you see that as a trend will happen in the near future? Yeah, we um, the, the, the common uh, thought was by this year it would be 50% of searches would be voice. Um, we've actually walked back from that. So it's not quite there. I think it's closer to like 20%. Yeah. But over the next, like, let's say three to five years, especially as people are doing it on their phones, they're doing it on smart speakers, as houses actually get wired for Amazon Alexa and as appliances happen, you're just gonna have it everywhere. So it's going to become our primary way of either searching or interacting with a lot of devices. There's people that actually think that the keyboard's gonna completely go away. I happen to be one of them. Yeah. Um, I think we're probably still a decade out, but there's some people that'll say in the next four or five years, keyboards will go away. And when you hear stuff like that, you go, man, that's nuts. I can't think of a world where that happens. But when you think about the keyboard that we're using, it's from like the 1860s, 1870s. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, a pretty antiquated technology. Um, there might be a better way to do it. And I think we're gonna see a very similar pattern to what we saw with the early days of texting. Originally, texting was really cumbersome. It was super hard to do because you had to press seven, you know, three yep. times or whatever. That's right. And then, then once you know, smart speakers or even the BlackBerry came out, it was much easier to send messages. Yeah. And then it just became how we did it. Now we're starting to see a shift in people doing either voice to text when they text, or actually sending voice memos through their text app. And so we're already seeing that behavior shift happening. Um, walk through a Target, walk through a grocery store, and you'll see people that are actually either sending text messages or they're doing product lookup at Shell. Are they going to come back? Oh, there we are. Are we back? Yeah. I don't know what is you up with our like, Across common uh, space, you know, you just went to the future and came That's back. funny. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, no, our spaceship is. Uh, yeah, I guess our 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 Wi-Fi is a little wonky today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, but uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Go ahead. You just see it happening in the yeah. wild, like you see, you know, construction workers that are using voice to text and voice yeah. search all the time. Uh, it's, you just see it, and I think it becomes as you're aware that it exists, that it exists, you start to see it happening more and more. But I know since I've been you know, doing this, I, I observe that behavior in, in the wild all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's so interesting. So what is going to replace keyboard? Like if we're not using that, what is what is next? I'm just curious. I mean, it'd probably be voice and it's how you interact wow. and engage with it through voice. Um, I don't think, I'm not quite as bullish about it going completely away, but that's also because um, I'm a writer. So I'm like, wait a minute, no. Um, <laughs> but um, the, I, I do think that- if I should teach my children to learn how to type. So yeah. it's going to go away, it's like driving. I don't plan yeah. to teach our children to learn how to drive because by the time they are older, they're only five and eight now. Right. We don't need to learn. So I'm just curious when you mentioned that, I'm like, wow, that is so mm -hmm. interesting. Well, and even with that, like our son, even when well, I think it was three and a half or four, yeah. uh, when he was doing this, he would, you know, have the iPad and he go, dad, can you find me shark videos on YouTube kids or whatever? And so I type in sharks. And at one, at one point I just had this epiphany. I'm like, do you see that big red button with the microphone? He goes, yeah. I'm like, hit that button. He goes, okay, now what? I'm like, tell it what you want. And he hasn't looked back since. And so <laughs> like when he was doing, you know, his homework or his remote learning stuff, he wasn't actually typing with the keyboard. He was literally hitting the microphone and dictating to it. 
what he actually wanted to say. And so mm -hmm. like, that's a behavior that exactly. he has certainly learned yeah. already. And so while us old folkies might be, uh, you know, clutching mm -hmm. onto our keyboards a little bit yeah. longer, I think for that generation, it's just going to become as natural as, you know, the, the middle generation right now, just having a phone in their hand. Yeah. Well, I mean, the same here, my own children, they are so different. They just ask Siri about everything, anything. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting because uh, my parents are actually in China. And so I forced my own children to communicate to my parents and they use Siri to translate back and forth. Mm -hmm. Siri, how to say this in Chinese? And then they will put their phone and my parents will hear that. So I was like, wow, that's like genius, right? You don't know yeah. how to say that. The Siri is facilitating a cross continent conversation. And I'm, I'm not even involved. Really, really interesting to see how this generation after they grow up and yeah. how they are using technology. Yeah, very interesting. So here, this comment uh, very interesting from Alice, and actually I was talking <laughs> about this myself, right? So based on everything that both of you have been sharing with us so far, this is like amazing, right? Next level. Mm -hmm. Why we don't hear much about it, right? I I don't even think many businesses are actually adopting this. So what what are the missing links? Like why we don't hear that much about this? I think the missing link is um, the consumer adoptions there. Mm -hmm. And it's much like the early days of the iPhone. People didn't take the iPhone very seriously initially. And they're like, that's a toy. Like you want a Blackberry, that's a serious business computer or like you know, phone yeah. or whatever. And over time, as people got more comfortable with these devices, they started using it for more and more things. And so, you know, like the numbers show it's like 90 million smart speakers in the US. You add smartphones with uh, like Google Assistant, that's 2 billion. Mm -hmm. So there's there's billions of these devices that exist in the world. We know people are already starting to do it. Obviously, Google and Microsoft and, and Amazon are a little bit uh, closed off with some of the numbers. Uh, it's not like you can go through and find out exactly yeah. how many searches are being done or whatever. But the fact remains that this is a massive opportunity and even pre-COVID, I still thought we were about a year out from businesses seriously starting to invest like they did in 2013, 14 with smartphones. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're kind of in that like that gap right now where the adoptions are from the consumer side, but businesses haven't quite gotten it into their budgets yet. And we're actually having conversations with clients right now where they're doing their brand planning for next year. And this mm -hmm. is stuff that's going in. So yeah. that conversation, because of the long... Um, you know, brand planning cycles and just budget cycles, it's taken longer for the technology to exist. But like McDonald's acquired an entire company that's doing voice activated drive throughs and ordering and like the whole nine yards. So it, like I said, this is gonna be a very fast transition um, where all of a sudden people are gonna just see it everywhere and not even realize that it's been going on for a while. Yeah, and I think part of it also is the exponential speed of which innovation happens now. Yeah. Mm. Um, what we, you know, the speed of which, I mean, it's funny because you talk to the um, older generations where they went from radio and then they got the TV. And now in their lifetime, I mean, is I, I'm laughing, like looking at teaching my mom how to use a, um, a, an Apple watch with her iPhone and, and all of those things. I'm like, gosh, how do you even have the fortitude <laughs> to go from radio to this? And what we see now too, and we have, um, there's a, a chart we have that shows, you know, um, I think I can't remember if it's VoiceBot or um, one of those other. Uh, I think it's VoiceBot.ai shows the adoption of the speaker smart speaker is actually faster than anything in in the history of man. So that is computer, it is television, and it's happening so fast that, as Scott said, there are businesses that aren't quite like they're trying to get. They're like, we're still trying to get our website together. No. Oh my gosh! Wait, stop. We're still figuring out social. Don't tell me there's this other channel. Right. And that's the kind of the thing too, where I try to assure clients, that's where your existing content is your friend yeah. to help you with that. And also this is an opportunity if you don't have your website quite right or your social isn't perfect. Here's a, think about, think about web, um, think about voice on mm -hmm. and think about getting it right there. And then you can go back and, and, and get everything else to catch up because the interactions are going to be a lot more personal Mm. Um, and you're going to be able to do a lot more with less in, without losing that personal one-to-one, -one. Um, be it customer service phone calls, troubleshooting, um, even just how to use your product. Um, any of yeah. those types of things, you can answer those questions pretty easily. Yep. Very interesting. I love this comment. Oh, now from uh, Peter here is like, Blackberry, you no, know, reminds me of earlier <laughs> when people say that. 
Oh, like huh? nobody will actually shop online, right? Like no, that, maybe or, or sleep at a stranger's home, right? Really interesting. But now they all have become our reality. So yeah. really interesting to see the change. So we have only five minutes left. I want to make sure to ask you, you know, the subtitle of your book is uh, Creating Useful and Useful uh, Voice Experiences. And I am really interested. What's the difference between useful and useful? Like those two words. So explain the subtitle to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that we both experienced during as a mobile apps, social apps, and even um, web came out was it became this shiny disco ball of I just need to check a box. And so it's important from our perspective um, that we have things that we create experiences that are useful and usable. And so useful is does this provide value to my customer? Does this help move them along? Um, and it's very important that we don't forget while customer centric is incredibly important, we also have to keep ourselves thinking about business objectives um, so that we're delivering on that. And so that's where useful is. Usable is can you even use it? So um, it's sort of like the beautiful doorknob that doesn't open a door that doesn't work. So we have to make sure that whatever we're creating makes sense, is relevant, and then also is in the right language, is in the right way so that you'd be able to um, basically be able to get to whatever it is or help someone along with their task. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to us from that perspective because as time has shown us, no one blames their own content, no one blames their concept, they blame the technology. So we, you know, we, and, and we kind of love voice, so we don't want voice to get the bad rap. So that's also where we're trying to help to make sure that people are, are, are creating better experiences from the start. Because I like to think that based off of what we learned from the web and social and mobile, we're a little smarter so we can extrapolate and then just start out even a little bit higher. I love this. I, I can't agree more with you because I have conversations with parents all the time regarding technology. They think technology is so bad, it's so evil. I'm like, right? not the root of the problem. Like how actually you are using this exactly. a huge difference. So yes, I love this uh, comment uh, from Alice. You know, they I so agree. You know, share this episode with your students. They need to learn this. They need to know what is going on. What is the future exactly? So I love that. So share with us where can people, I know Peter has been sharing your contact information. So Thank you so much. Perfect. And with us, you know, where can people learn more about even more about you, about this concept sure. from you, and where they can get a copy of the book, which is here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we we have two links set up, one for each of us. So if you go to bit.ly slash Scott Westwater, and Scott has one T in it, um, or bit.ly slash Susan Westwater, it has links to our email, our book, our company website. Um, there's also a, a group that we co-founded with a partner agency out of London called Voice Masters. We're actually teaching people how to create their own voice strategy. So we have right now a course that's literally called Voice 101, which mm -hmm. is kind of the who, who, what, and why of mm -hmm. voice. And so um, we have all those links if you go to those bit.ly links and you can send us an email, you can engage with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever yeah. makes sense to you. We're on Twitter quite a bit. Yeah. So um, it's easy to grab it and just reach out and, and ping us. <laughs> awesome, awesome. This is incredible. Any parting piece of advice regarding voice search, voice strategy? And we have so, I have so many more questions we didn't even have time to dive into, but yeah. So any parting piece of advice you want to share with us? Did I lose them again? I, I, I'm not, Are you here? We're back. Oh, you, 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 um, froze, you froze. You like, is that us? Is it? Oh. That is so funny. You know, you're so in trouble. Yeah, I, I would say, um, from a parting thought standpoint, the the, the key is to to start. And we, we're firm believers that voice will help you focus on what your customer and your audience is looking for, and it's going to really help make all of your communications better because it's going to be based on what they're truly looking for. So it'll mm -hmm. inform video content, your audio yeah. content, your blog content, all that stuff. And so really it, it's a matter of just getting started, finding things that are valuable to your audience, which is something that you can uniquely solve as a business uh, because you need to actually do both of those um, and then start small and add stuff and evolve over time. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, Susan, you want to add anything? 
Um, I, you know, I think the thing is, as Scott said, is look to where you can provide value and don't be afraid to look at the content you have and find new problems to solve. Um, I think the one thing that you, this is the opportunity is to find out what you're solving well, see if voice fits, and then find out what you're not solving well and see if voice can help. Um, and it's a, it's a nice way to look in there and see how it can enhance your experience. It's not there to replace anything. It's awesome. That's awesome. You guys dropped so much value. Thank you so much. Everyone Absolutely. make sure to follow Scott and Susan. So uh, just a quick announcement for next week. I actually just checked who is the guest. I'm so last minute, everyone. <laughs> uh, so next week, we'll have my friend Todd Hartley to come on the show and share with us. Clearly, he has been working with some celebrities <laughs> to talk about how to create binge-worthy video content so definitely bookmark your calendar and join us live on next wednesday or thursday for some of you uh same time same location really excited for another episode coming up and uh thank you so much susan and scott uh, it was our pleasure so much and really honored to have you on the show and thank you so much everyone from all over the globe for joining us live stay safe and see you next week same time same location Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.